Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher. Taryn, the Flyers are finally hitting the road, their first road trip of the season. They completed their homestand, a season-opening four-game homestand. They went 2-1-1. One, and one. So we figured we'd look at the homestand, give it a grade, and then we're going to look ahead to this road trip. What we want to see different, what we want to see stay the same. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. So, Taryn, let's get right into it. If you had to grade that homestand, what grade would you give it and why? I would grade myself an F because I keep on saying to people that they're 2-2-1 two, two, and one because I'm consistently confused how there's teams playing like seven games right now and the Flyers haven't even played a – like there's teams – um, I would give it like a B, like a mid, like just a midsection B from the 84 to 87 range kind of a vibe. Um, because honestly, if I look at the last game against the Panthers, you hate the sloppiness. I, Scott and I hated the chaos of that game. Like we were watching the game and it was so chaotic as borderline boring. Like there's no flow to the hockey game. There's there were penalties, but there wasn't that like physicality of the cracking game, even like there, there, it was not a boring game, but it was a game that was like, we go downstairs to do an intermission and we're kind of like, why are we talking about this? You know? Um, but that being said, the PK was really good. So, so you knock them for seven penalties cause that's sloppy and gross, but the PK is really good. And then you have to give some points back for that. Um, I like that they, that I like how Claude Giroux has looked like there's certain individual performances that I go, well, that's an A and that's an A and that's an A and that's an A. So I can't give them lower than a B because certain guys have had A to A plus starts this season. Um, And I think when I look at the games, like this, the Kraken game, the Bruins games, I would both give A's and the Panthers game, I would give like a C plus two. Maybe, maybe not. They didn't win. So I guess you can't, can you give a passing grade to a game you don't win? And then the, um, the first game, Canucks, the game against the Canucks was like a very mid-range performance to me. I think if Carter gets those two goals back that he'd like back, the team has a different result in that game, but I don't think they played super well either. So I'm, I'm right around that B range um, because there's, enough good to say this is not just an average hockey team I think that they've shown flashes of being a good hockey team and Florida is a very good hockey team and I think that's something that people have to put in perspective when we talk about that game the Flyers played down a man for an exorbitant amount of minutes in that game because of the amount of penalties they had and they still kind of kept in it against Florida what do you give them Jordan? Darren I'm giving you an A plus you're way too hard on yourself, but no, and turn for the people listening, we did not talk about this beforehand. 
Um, I'm giving them a B too. I just thought it was a fine homestand. I thought uh, if you told me that Rasmus Ristolainen would miss two games, that Ryan Ellis would miss the biggest game of the homestand, uh-huh. that they would get a point, at least a point in three of the four games, I, I would have taken that if I was a Flyers fan. So two one and one, and you, and you missed one of your best defensemen against an unbeaten team. Uh, I think that's a B. I think so far so good. They're scoring goals at a really good clip. I don't think people are really worried about them scoring goals. Um, their goaltending's been solid. They've been okay on the back end. Uh, so, yeah, so far so good, Taryn. I think it was a B homestand. I think the road trip gets really tough. And uh, so that's where, I, that's where I would have him at. I, and to your point that you just made, and, and we didn't really talk about this, the thing with, the, with Ryan Ellis as well is it's not just Ryan Ellis drops and can't play and it impacts his line, which the Flyers enjoyed that kind of, um, I think, that kind of solid deep pairing situation back in 2019-2020 once AV really knew the team well. Ryan Ellis dropping out puts Braun up with Provy, which is a whole different look for that Braun-Provy pairing. Ristolainen and Sandheim are still getting comfortable together. And um, I think you could find fault in both of their games at this point. Um but I, I think that's going to be a work in progress that if it, if that experiment goes well, could go really, really well. And then you're talking about sealer with Yandel versus I like Braun and Yandel together. I like the way that line looks together. I like Ellis and Provorov together. I, I like what they can do. You're not just missing Ryan Ellis when you miss Ryan Ellis, you're, you miss Ryan Ellis on the top D pairing and on the third pair. Um, but I will say I, I was impressed that I'm impressed at Yandel um, still maintaining offensive production, regardless of who's next to him, because you can kind of depend on Braun to be more of the defensive part of the defensive pair and, and Yandel provide offense in certain situations. I don't know that a lot of us thought, you know, we would expect to see this much sealer or we knew what to accept, expect from sealer at this point in the season. Um, but it seems like it hasn't, it, when he's out there, it hasn't affected Keith Yandel's game too much. Although, you know, that being said, Yandel did make a few defensive mistakes himself, but who among us hasn't, you know, right? We all do it. So. That's true. Taryn, I want to ask you this. If, 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 they, if they beat the Panthers and they were a shorthanded goal against away from being in a really good position to do so, if they beat the Panthers, do they sneak into the A minus A range for you on that, on that homestand? Um, I think they sneak into like a higher B range because if they beat the Panthers and it was still that kind of a game, you you just can't be happy with that kind of, like you can't be happy with seven penalties. I I don't care. Carter gets an A in that game for me. And I know people look at it and one goal was an empty net goal. So you take it away immediately, but you look at what was a four, two loss. And you're like, well, how did your goaltender have an A plus game with that? And you're like, all right, well, one's an empty net. And I'm sure he would like his goals against average to get well below three this season because of where it was at last season. But he was making those wild saves and the saves he needed to make and doing the two of them in a single game has kind of been his issue last season. And um, so aspects of that game would get an A, Carter would get an A, the Flyers resiliency would get an A, but the game still wouldn't get an, wouldn't get an A for me because just sloppy it's just it's sloppy and and to be realistic like it's very early in the season this is a different conversation with a different amount of emphasis later in the year but if florida is really as good as florida's played 
you have to be able to play better than that against those types of teams. If you really want to be a playoff team, and I think the Flyers want to be back to where they were when they were considered like a, a really threatening Eastern Conference team. And part of me kind of believes in it, like, because, you know, even though it's early, why not believe in it? But um, to really make that be a reality, you have to play get better against the Panthers. You, you have to play the way you played against the Bruins. They play the way they play against the Bruins, against other good teams. They'll have everyone believing and hopping on the wagon. But I still don't think if they played as sloppy as they played Jordan, a win in that game, I guess six out of eight points, you no, I would no six out of eight points. If you do the percentage is would not be an A to me. Yeah. No, I think eight out of eight points, seven out of eight points. That's an A. So that's where I'm at. How about you? What would be, what would be your thoughts? Yeah, no, I I would be with you there. Like maybe B plus, maybe a minus, but yeah, the penalties frustrated me because you know, that was a game where you're missing your, one of your best players and like you hurt yourselves. If the Panthers were just flat out better, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. But the Flyers really hurt themselves. Uh, yeah, give them credit. The penalty kill did great. I think it was six for seven. But still, you put yourself shorthanded so many times. Uh, you put yourself in tough situations. Uh, even if the penalty kill doesn't give up goals, it doesn't mean it's not affecting the game. So They also put, like, they put, and for those of you who watch on YouTube who just saw me, I, cat hair got in my mouth. Please don't mind me. It's really it's very much a Tuesday today. Um, the other thing that I thought... I would have, if we had more time on post game, I would have loved to look at an ice time breakdown, but sometimes we just don't have enough time in the show. Cause that's the other underrated part of all of this, right? Is you look at how well Derek Broussard is playing and Derek Broussard's time is significantly cut in a game where you have your PKers out there every three minutes killing off penalties. You, it, you disrupt the flow that's developing between all of the lines, like that top line didn't do much night one. And yes, they've done very well since, but I would have liked to see, you know, that top line out there of, of TK, uh, Coots and G still humming on all cylinders. I want to see that second line buzzing the way that they were buzzing. I want to see the third line do more. I want to see JVR. I mean, JVR sneaky had like a very, very solid start to the season, but I want to see Oscar Lindblom in a rhythm again with JVR. That line could be so threatening if, if it's up and running um, and you take away from all of that, when you have all those penalties as well, that's the other part that, that gets lost in all of this. Not only are you kind of screwing over your PKers who are now dead legs. You're also all of your guys who are not playing on that PK and are just sitting on the bench are getting ice cold and frustrated because they're not playing. Um, so, yeah, I just don't think you can, you can't, you can't get a great grade when you play a crappy game. You can get it, you know, there's the win of the win. You take the points regardless, but we're not talking about the real life schedule. We're talking about our own virtual reality here. <laughs> exactly. And the reality is for the Flyers, they now have the Oilers who are 5-0-0. The Panthers are now 6-0-0. So the combined records of those two teams, 11-0-0 for the Flyers, these, these two games here. Uh, no, they're certainly not lacking challenges early in the season. And I think that's a good thing for the Flyers. Give your, you know, give yourself measuring, measuring sticks. See where you're at with this new look, this new look team. Uh, the road trip will certainly be telling. They open the road trip on Wednesday in Edmonton against the Oilers, 10 o'clock Eastern time on TNT. The final two games, the Canucks on Thursday, the Flames on Saturday. 
Those are on NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus. You can check out Taryn Hatcher on pregame live, postgame live, all that fun stuff. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. But, Terry, let's get into that road trip. One thing you would really like to stay the same as they hit the road. I just, before, before I, sorry, I know I always just drive everything right off the rails, but um, I do want to point out, because it makes me laugh, before all of these games against, like, the Bruins and against the Panthers and against, you know, Edmonton or whatever, I, I always will ask about, like, in what way do you think this game can be a measuring stick for where you're at and where you hope to be in the early portion of the season? And before the game, it's always – it's not, it's too early for measuring for like trying to figure out, you know, what our litmus test should be and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. After that Bruins win, after that six, three win over the Bruins, everyone and their mother, Oh yes, it's a great measuring stick game for us. And, you know, and I was just like, you guys, (laughs) I remember, I remember everything. I store it all in this little noggin of mine. So I will say, I will give Levine Yo credit. He has actually come out and will continually say, I think this is a good test for us. This team's one of the best. Yeah. I appreciate that. He's not like giving the whole boring coach speak of like, yeah, you know, no, we're focused on us. Like, no, he realizes. No, the Panthers, I appreciate are, AV. Like, sometimes I wonder though, We I know we've talked about this in the writer's room, but we, we were talking about the other day. Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, does Chuck know he's about to say what he's about to say? Yeah. <laughs> Does Chuck care? <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Um, I think it's kind of like you just you have to you have to trust him. Like, well, and Chuck's such a Chuck is such a like easygoing, great guy to work with. So I imagine he knows who he hired, and he there's yeah. an amount of trust and whatever there. But it does make me laugh sometimes. So I'm like, oh, that was very candid from a coach. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, what was your initial question through all of this? What do, you, what do I want to see stay the same on the road trip? Um, yes. I want to see them continue to score like that five to six goal range. You're going to have to, I mean, I have a feeling Edmonton's going to be a shootout because that feels like all of their games are shootouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see Ryan Ellis back in the lineup. I would like to see the established D, D pairs together. Um, I, I want to see Carter the way he played against the Panthers, the way he played against the Kraken um, in Edmonton, because I vividly remember the last time we were in Edmonton and it was hard to watch. Carter played really, he really, really struggled in front of, I think like all of his family was there to watch him play. And the TV cameras, not ours, but like even the arena cameras kept on queuing to his family and his billet family and all these people who were there and it was just like brutal. So I want to see Carter play the way he's played. Cause I think if he does, he has the potential to get some redemption because um, I think Connor McDavid's going to do McDavid things. I, we know what the multiple offensive weapons they have and what they can do are, but um, I just think they have, they have a better 
shot with a Provorov Ellis pairing um, and with the goal scores that they have and the way their forwards are playing defensively right now um, to be better than the last time Carter was in Edmonton. Uh, so I want the goaltending to stay the same that it has been. What else do I want? I don't know, Jordan. Pretty, you want to see pretty on the road trip? No, I don't. Um, Copy that. No. Nothing against Gritty, but if yeah. I'm not traveling and Gritty's traveling, that's that's fair. um, you know, uh, yeah, that's all I got, Jordan. That's no, really that's really all I got. What do you what do you what do you want to see carry over? What do you think needs to stay consistent? Well, I'm interested, Taryn. Would, would, we, you talked about that Edmonton game could be a shootout, and gosh, it really can. Both teams are scoring goals. Edmonton. Ozzy has two of the best players in the league, the best player on the planet. Um, but the Flyers are scoring four and Whoa. Whoa. Connor Mc... Whoa. Connor McDavid is not the best player on the planet. Uh... Well, I like – not that he's not the best, but I think it's like – it's kind of what you consider the best. Do I think he's like the best goal scorer and the best skater on the planet? Yeah. But I think if you look at like – I look at what the the – workload that like a Nathan McKinnon will carry and they you hear about his input and his effort and his skill level I watch Ovi play still and he's entirely gray you know there's just certain you said that so matter-of-factly and part of me was like it's a fact it's a fact here do you I, I really like Nathan like McKinnon this year like you mean like this like currently right now you think he's the best player on the planet yeah, I think right now and going off of last season and basically just track records overall, I don't think there's anyone. I think really- if you look at track records overall, you have to have a conversation about Alexander Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby and the up and coming of Nathan McKinnon. I think there's a lot you could talk about there. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give the history department to like Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin. But yeah, right now, like over the past year, two years, Connor. All right, so one of the best players on the planet <laughs> – I, I mean, best, but and goal scoring and player overall are also two different things. Yeah, he's he's just the best playmaker, goal scorer, like just the whole package. And I think he's a better two hundred foot player than people give him credit for. I know some people think he's just nothing but flash, but I don't think he is. Um, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Connor McDavid is going to have an eight point night now because of the U. He's going to hear this. No, he's not. He's going to, he, no, he's not going to listen to this. Let's not toot our own horn. Adam McDavid like is not motivated, folks. And B, I'm not saying he's not like the most talented, pure goal scorer that I do believe that is true currently right now. No, I like Nathan but McDavid. Best player is like a nuanced conversation that includes many things. You could make quite a few arguments about a number of people. I mean, because you're, you're now just eliminating defensemen unless they're goal-scoring defensemen from the conversation altogether as well. Yeah, no, no. Defensemen are not in this conversation. No. <laughs> oh, so a defenseman can't be the best player in the league. Have you ever heard the, um, the old trope, offense sells tickets and defense wins championships? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, then maybe we should value defensive players a little bit more. <laughs> well, that's actually where I was going. Um, do you want to see the Flyers be scoring four and a half goals a game on this road trip? Or would you like to maybe see some lower scoring games if it means 
lower scoring for the opposition. I don't know if you can see it. You can't see that. Right, there we go. There's, there's a fully gray man who's just one goal behind Connor McDavid chasing Wayne Gretzky's records right now. And you just didn't even think he belonged in a, in a nuanced subclause to the conversation. What is he at an assist? He doesn't have dry sidle with him. What are you talking about? Stop. I mean, and he's a goal squad. Stop. I'm just, <laughs> stop. One of the best players on the planet. Uh, you can say they have really two of the best players. Sorry, on the those were points. He's one goal behind. He's also, let's see. Let's see. Okay, he's, he's lagging behind. He is two assists behind Ovi as well. He's one goal. No. He's two assists behind Ovi. I meant like last year. And Ovi well. is one goal ahead of him. Ovi has one more goal than Connor McDavid so far this season. <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. He's Alexander Ovechkin has been playing since I was in like fifth grade. I know. I, I think he's awesome. I've always appreciated he, him. Uh, <laughs> Taryn is trying to hit me. If we were in person, she. I'm would not. Be. I'm head faking you. No, I will say when I, when I watched, before we get back on track, when I was watching Alec Tovechin last season and uh, at the Wells Fargo Center, like those are moments where I would pinch myself and tell myself like, hey, you're literally watching greatness here. Um, like appreciate this. So no, he was- Greatness, but apparently not the greatest. Not the greatest, not right now. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's get back yeah. on track. because. But I will say, I, will, I was saying, I, I would love to see the Flyers score four and a half goals over this road trip. That would be nice, fine and dandy, but- I don't know if four and a half goals is going to be enough against the Oilers. Right. right. So now I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't mind if their goal scoring took a knock as long as they're in these games where maybe they're holding some of these more offensive minded teams, uh, you know, to lower, lower total goals, but we'll see. But no, I, I, I am happy to see that they are scoring goals the way they are. Cause I think some people were a little concerned about that. Um, but yeah, that's what I would like to see continue. And I would love to see the overall, but most likely most, I would most want to see the Broussard, Atkinson, Farabee line continue to click. Like it's not, I loved seeing it in a four game stretch. If it continues on this road trip, then you're, you have further validation of like, Hey, this line and this group could be legit. So if that continues throughout this road trip against these type of teams, I think that would be really exciting for Flyers fans. I, I agree. But we have something right here. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Taryn Hatcher, something you want to see change, something that needs to change going into this road trip for the Flyers. Um, As we said, it, it was not all perfect on this homestand. Far from it. Yeah. Um, I want to see the Sandheim line and pair play better. Mm-hmm. Um. I think there's there's things about Sandheim's game that I think sometimes we kind of write off as like a fluke, whether it's questionable positioning or just like sort of weird plays where we're like, that's fluky and we've seen him play better than that and he'll be better than that. Um, and, and honestly, you kind of say the same thing about wrist line and we just have a smaller sample size and, um, his don't, don't get written off as fluky because that horrible plus minus from Buffalo follows him around. If we're being honest, um, 
I would like to see, like I said before, I want to see more of that third line. I, I just think there's a lot of talent on that third line. And I would like to see um, JVR go on one of those hot, hot streaks, scoring goals or, you know, producing points because while he has, like I said before, been having like a sneaky, really solid start to the season, <clears throat> he's capable of, of being an absolute threat on the ice. And I would like to see that come to fruition because if that's coming to fruition, I think that means Oscar's accumulating points and Scott Lawton's been doing great work at already. So, um, and I would like to see, I'd like to see Ryan Ellis back. Like that's really the main change. I'd like to see Ryan Ellis back. I'd like to see the flyers get it to a point where those three D pairs are just solid locked in building chemistry. There are no issues. They just get each other. Um, and I think we saw that with Ellis and Provorov when Ellis was healthy. I think we will see it with Sandheim and Ristolainen. I don't think that they have, that familiarity back just yet from the injury, to be totally honest. And I want to see um, Yandel contributing offensively and Braun holding it down defensively out of that third pair. Cause I think that adds such a different dynamic to the offense for the flyers. <clears throat> so you just need health for that one to come back. And then, yeah, I, I, that first line has stepped up and done what you want first line players to do, uh, I guess, outside of the first game of the season. And then, you know, Giroux scores a goal on the power play last game. I, I get it's not a top line play technically, but they're all in the power play. So it's kind of not that far off. Um, and that second line has been so productive. I think this could be an incredibly deep, scary team. But in order for that to be the case, Having JVR and Oscar Lindblom, JVR skill, Oscar Lindblom's hockey sense, and Scott Lawton's kind of versatility on your third line brings so much to the team. Once they get that point production really, really rolling, um, which for me is associated with getting JVR really, really rolling. So it, that might be a little unfair to them to, to say already that they haven't done enough because I think they look pretty solid, but. They're really the only line that I don't, I feel like I constantly see Nate Thompson on the ice. Like I'm constantly like number 44 is on the ice and I don't notice the third line as much just yet. Um, and they've got so much talent. So I just, I just want to see them play as talented as they are uh, in a way that translates to points. If that makes sense. No, hundred percent. Those are two guys I would really love to see get in the goal column and yeah, really show the flyers that depth. Uh, do, you, do you also feel like, I know, I know I look at Nate Thompson's time on the ice and it's like fourth liner minutes, but I feel like he spends so much time on the ice. Every time I look down, he's playing and I'm like, what is going on? I know. Cause I feel like he's out there for obviously a lot of face-offs in the defensive zone. So I feel like he starts a lot of shifts and I think naturally that makes us think like, well, there's Nate Thompson again, but no. And that's one thing I wouldn't mind to see more of is when Patrick Brown is ready. I want to see Patrick Brown play. And yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing one of those fourth liners come out because, Taryn, I don't know about you, but that, they definitely frustrated me with the penalties against the Panthers. Uh, two came from Nate Thompson. One came from Nicholas Albe kubel So almost half of the penalties uh, the Flyers committed were Nick from Nick Sealer had. That was a – yeah. And that, that's kind of what 
too, like I think there could be a major confidence boost for defensemen in these games because these teams really challenge your defensemen. Uh, the Panthers really challenge the back end, and so will the Oilers. They put pressure on the D. And uh, so for a guy like Travis Sanheim, who might be fighting himself a little bit right now, uh, I think this could be really good for him. And I would love to see him have real, just a confidence-boosting game where they he plays well against some of these top-tier talented guys. Because, um, yeah, Sailor, you- Sailor felt the pressure, so does Sanheim, of those Panthers Yeah, I, I was going to say, and it's I think it's okay – not that it's okay, because you need guys to be ready to play whenever the, the call comes. But I can live with with Nick Sealer coming up and not looking like Ryan Ellis against the Florida Panthers, who are very good. I do have a harder time with – I. we've all seen how well Travis Sanheim can play, how well he can skate, how good he can be. And I just, sometimes I wonder what the, like what the, the step is between him playing at max capacity Sanheim, you know what I mean? And I don't think it's even playing against good players. I think he's shown that he can play very well against good players. I think it's like you said, it's, it's this fighting yourself kind of thing. And I just wonder why that it, do you know what I mean? With when it comes to that situation, it's, And I don't think we saw it with Myers. We saw it when he was paired with different people. So I I don't think that it's um, that there's a variable there that's impacting it. I I do think it's more of a, a Sandheim thing. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I do. And I I think like when defensemen are confident, they don't question themselves. They just play instinctually. Um, They just go and they, go make plays. Um, where Sanheim, I think maybe he's just overthinking his decisions because he's not totally confident, but it's early. It's four games in. He's only mm-hmm. played with a partner for two. So um, I still think Travis Sanheim's a good player, but you know, if I, if he comes out and plays really well against some of these Edmonton forwards, um, I think I would do wonders for his confidence. So that's one yeah, thing. The would- Sanheim criticism comes from the fact that he is unquestionably a good player. Like that's the unfair yeah. part of it all. I think sure. it's this, I think it's the same on a different level, but it's like this, it's similar when Provorov doesn't play well. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even that he doesn't play well. It's that he's a really good player and you're, you're grading him on his own curve and yeah. you know, no, that's my obese cat walking in. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> cool. Um, so no, I would love to love to see Patrick, Patrick Brown, because I think he can bring something. I think he's a decent player. Um, I heard he's had he has north south qualities. Everything I've heard about his game, I like, and I think could fit well in the fourth line. And um, yeah, maybe the fourth line's been a little too noticeable for the bad reasons, like the Nicholas Albe Kubel penalty. Like I really like Nicholas Albe Kubel, but the one where he kind of sticks his knee out and like that's and he was fine for it. He was fine for kneeing. It was a third period penalty for tripping. It's avoidable and it's real far away from the Flyers' net. So like. those things can kill you and Nate Thompson like he got called for roughing in the third period that in uh in that game and again like these are things that are ill-advised you can you know I don't want to see that from the fourth line they shouldn't be as noticeable so especially because that was the thing with Nick Obey Cubell that you wanted to see addressed more than anything it's like the signature move of taking penalties far from your net 
yeah for seemingly unknown reasons like yeah. in in sometimes game-changing situations yeah yeah Not great and, and if you know if one of those guys uh you know and again we don't know who will sit patrick brown will play on this road trip we're not sure which game or when he will finally enter the lineup but he will play and that would mean zach McEwen, nate thompson or nicholas alway kubel will come out um and yeah. and yet, maybe you know maybe those guys sitting for a little bit can be a good thing in terms of them realizing like hey i, I need to be smarter when i play and if i'm not i come out yeah so, yeah. so uh patrick brown it seems like the very earliest he'll play for those of you who don't know the very earliest seems like thursday because yeah. he has to fly out separate the team flew out yesterday he has to fly out on wednesday it's not an nhl covid thing it is the country of canada's covid situation from i think it's 14 days since you showed symptoms or something like it's i, I we went over it yesterday but it's very confusing between what the nhl's rules are canada's rules and whatever so he can't fly out until Wednesday and he has to fly into Toronto and then fly over to Edmonton um, because there's no direct flights in the U S to Edmonton right now because of, you know, all the travel restraints and shortages of planes and crews and pilots and everything in between. So I don't know what you took from that Jordan, but I think if he's flying to Toronto and then to Edmonton on Wednesday, he's not playing in Edmonton on Wednesday. I think the earliest we would see him is in Vancouver on Thursday um so and Taryn I'll say this it, we're at we're hitting on what we want to see more of I think it's a good thing that we're talking about the fourth line you know it's not like we're it's not like the Flyers are really lacking from their big boys mm -hmm. uh you know they've gotten good contributions from some of the bigger names so it's good that you know the thing that we're nitpicking is guys that are playing 10 minutes a night yeah. And, and let's be realistic. Like we, I think a lot of people got a little doom and gloomy when Kevin Hayes was out and they were like, you're, you're going to take Derek Broussard who no one really knew where he was going to fit into this lineup. I think most people assumed like a third line center, maybe, you know, trying to figure out where he goes, where Scott Lawton goes, if he goes there and all of that. So Derek Broussard now being, your second line center filling in for Kevin Hayes on the team's most threatening, consistently productive line. And he looks good in the position and he looks incredibly comfortable with both Cam Atkinson and Joel Farabee. And when you want to talk about where you've taken, well, I guess you didn't really take a hit on money when it came, when it came to Cam, you actually laid off some money, but when you talk about the guys you wanted to see come out and have a big year right away, I think the top of our mind is TK, um, Cam Atkinson, given, you know, bringing him in, Joel Farabee, given the contract. And then I would argue beyond that, like probably defensively, Ristolainen and Carter. And with the exception of Rasmus, I think all of them, you would go, I give you a passing grade so far and everything you've done, you've answered all of, all of the bells. And I think with, with Rasmus, there has to be a bit of a caveat because I don't think people realized. Um, I still don't even know what his injury is. Like, I wouldn't be able to share if I knew, but no one would tell me, which makes me think that maybe it was like affecting him a little bit more than, and I don't know that again, total speculation. Yeah. Um, but he was like skating with Kevin Hayes certain days. So I think there's a certain amount of injury leeway that, some of us are giving them for the first few games, but 
if he can show up pretty early as well, then you basically hit on all of your big ticket items so far. So like you said, it's talking about a fourth line being your problem. is not a problem really, to be honest. Yeah. Fourth line and penalties. And so penalties are obviously, um, unforced errors, things you can prevent. Uh, so that's good. Um, dumb penalties too. Dumb. So dumb. I was so, we were sitting in the newsroom and I was just like, Yeah, they're not good. And if you're so, listening on the podcast and you're not watching on YouTube, one, subscribe to our YouTube. And two, I was making very disproving faces. So she was. <laughs> and they as far as right now, entering um entering Tuesday, they have the second most penalty minutes per game. I do think some of that is skewed from that crazy cracking game where obviously penalty minutes were all over the place. But nonetheless, they do have the second most penalty minutes per game. The Edmonton Oilers lead the league and power play percentage again just limit penalties give yourself a chance at even at even they met, they met their quota for the month of october so just stop you know See. just leave it be i'll take all the cracking penalties i they don't bother me that was i think they added to the to the motivation of the night i will take all of those i will take zero of the florida penalties none yes not acceptable I, spot on turn those the cracking game, I think they had purpose. Uh, everyone would agree with that. The Panthers game, no. Um, and Rasmus Rissalainen does celebrate his 27th birthday, I believe. 27th birthday uh, on Wednesday. And his present is facing Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. What but, a gift. Yeah, what a gift. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I would love to see more from Rasmus Rissalainen and Travis Sanham. I think, that would, I think we can both agree on that, and we'll see if it happens. But yeah, homestand in the books, road trip underway here, and we will continue to have it all covered here on the Flyers Talk podcast. Taryn Hatcher, thank you so much. As always, great seeing you, great chatting with you. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.